And a good morning and welcome to the Mecca Sports Talk. I'm your host, Keith Dewar, for this Saturday, December the 18th, 2021. And what better way to start the show than talk about the Pepsi generation? And you must be saying to yourself, Keith, what the hell are you talking about? What the hell are you bringing up the Pepsi generation for? What the heck is that even at this point? Well, according to, to the Mara family, the Pepsi, the Pepsi generation is the season ticket holder fan base for the New York football giants. You know, I read this article yesterday and I had and I, I just laughed because I said, you know, just when you think things can't get any lower and stupider and dumber and ridiculous for this franchise, they they decide let's go a step lower. You know, what in the hell are they smoking, this franchise? I mean, again, maybe maybe it's time that the Jets get their own stadium so the Giants could get this, this stink of the Jets off of them. Because I, I don't you know who who at this point is worse, quite honestly. Are the Jets worse or the Giants worse as a franchise? I mean, that's a serious question. Who's worse? Yeah, the Jets have been mostly bad for the last half a century. But for the last decade, the Giants have been an albatross, a disaster. And seeing this yesterday, who the hell cares about a friggin' Pepsi? I mean, first of all, the problem is it's Pepsi. It should be Coke. Coke is better than Pepsi. And I don't want to hear any argument about that. Coke is better, period. But to sit there and appease the giant fan base talking about we're going to go you're going to go to the game tomorrow against the cowgirls and you're going to be you're going to have the opportunity not even an opportunity you're going to have you're going to walk into the stadium and show that you're a season ticket holder of the giants and you're going to get a free medium pepsi not a large pepsi by the way that's too much no you're going to get a medium pepsi the hell is going on with this team now first of all if you're the if you're a season ticket holder of the giants you probably already sold your tickets for tomorrow anyway to a cowgirl fan put it on StubHub. a cow cowgirl fan bought it up that stadium is going to be 75 80 percent cowgirl fans tomorrow it's going to be at&t stadium northeast at this point you're going to sit there and tell me if you're a giant season ticket holder what the hell would you want to go to the game tomorrow for to go see Mike Lennon play? Come on. And for that matter, if Daniel Jones was the quarterback right now, you want to go see him play? No. I sure as hell wouldn't if I was a season ticket holder. Who the hell cares? The team isn't going to the playoffs, obviously. And do you really want them to? No. They're not winning tomorrow's game against the Cowgirls. It doesn't matter if they have Jones a quarterback. It doesn't matter who the hell the quarterback is. But this whole idea now, you're going to give Giant fans a free Pepsi tomorrow? Giant fans want a couple of things. Real Giant fans. They want the GM fired or or whatever. He retires. He resigns. I don't care what the hell method you want to call it or use. Just get the hell out. How about that? Here's a kick in the rear end. Enjoy your retirement. That's it. That's number one. Number two, and there's some Giant fans out there that are clamoring for him to stick around. 
But I am not one of them at this point because I think I've seen enough. And after watching that game the other night with the Chargers and and the Chiefs, that's another thing that just sticks, sticks out for me. Number two is that the quarterback for this team, the supposed starting quarterback for this team, he is not the answer. He is never going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, which is what you need at this point in this day and age to have a shot at winning a, a Super Bowl. Daniel Jones is never, ever going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league, period. And I don't care what the hell you surround him with. Supposedly this year, the Giants surrounded him with a lot of talent. They, you know, Barkley was back. And they have Galladay at wide receiver, the big wide receiver contract that he signed. And they still have Sterling Shepard. And they have Ladarius Toney. Yeah, how's that worked out this year? When Jones has been on the field, maybe outside of one game against the Aints down in New Orleans, what the hell else has he done this year? Oh, he had a big run against the Deadskins. Yeah, which got called back on a penalty, by the way. Yeah. Tell me what else he's done this year that you that would make you say he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. Find something. Find anything. His peak was game three of his career against Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. That was his peak. That was his best game he's had in the NFL. Case closed. Yeah, he threw for 400-something yards against the, the Saints. Everybody throws for 400 yards now. Who the hell cares? Passing yards is overrated. Because half the time, if you're down big in the game, all you're doing is passing the football and padding his stats. Go look at his quarterback rating. Or the number of uh, times he's fumbled the football. You know, or, or clutch moments of the game when you need your quarterback to drive you for a winning score. To win the football game, like Mahomes did the other day against the Chargers. Down seven or down eight late, they they get a touchdown, they tie the game, and then they win in overtime. That's what an elite quarterback does. You're never ever gonna hear the word elite and Daniel Jones in the same sentence. Never, ever. So let's put that all to rest already. The Giants need to move on from him. And that's it. And I'm going to continue to say it every damn week until they finally decide that this was a mistake drafting him number six. Because it's crystal clear at this point, you look around the league, and go look at Buffalo as a prime example. Now, Josh Allen is a real good quarterback, and he's he's in the top ten, obviously. He sure is. But they gave him a ton of money. And now, you know, the team is not quite the same as what they were last year where they snuck up on everybody. They're not quite the same this year. Now, I still think they're going to make the playoffs because they got an easy schedule the rest of the way. they still got New England in New England next week, which is a big one. But they got Carolina at home this week. They have Atlanta at home, and they have the Jets the last week of the year. So at the worst, they're going to go 3-1, and and they're going to get in the playoffs. But again... You're talking about, many on many occasions, you give a quarterback $30, $40 million, and then you're obviously hindering your franchise from 
surrounding itself with other really good players and making sure that the team is competitive enough to make a run in the playoffs. You know, Buffalo's a weird team. I, you know, again, and they got hosed the other night against, uh, the other day against Tampa Bay. They got hosed. Diggs got interfered with in the end, in the end zone. I don't know what the hell they were looking at in the one play on the deep ball to one of the wide receivers for Buffalo. The defensive back for Tampa had an had a handful of of jersey pulled it about a foot or two, and the ref didn't see that. I mean, come on, are you kidding me? If the shoe was on the other foot, you think Tom Brady throws that ball deep to Godwin or Evans that the and the Buffalo defender pulls on the jersey? You don't think they're going to call a penalty on that? You must be crazy if you don't think that that would have happened. That sure as hell would have happened right then and there. That's why the NFL sucks half the time. Because the officials, you know, and I know it's let the players decide the game, let the players decide the game. But you know what? The referees decide the game too much much, in a positive and a negative way. But just to finish up on the Giants, hey, utter joke with this stupid Pepsi promo that they're doing. Nobody gives a rat's ass about that. Giant fans want Gettleman gone, which they're going to get their wish, thankfully. And Giant fans have to realize, and any of those out there that think that Daniel Jones is the answer, think again. Just think again. He's never going to be an elite quarterback. And when he's had, when he's actually been on the damn football field, tell me when he's been consistent enough to, to lead this team to win, win wins week after week. It doesn't happen. The offense is the problem with this team. Well, I mean, granted, the defense hasn't been much better either. The defense has taken a step back this year. But this was supposed to be the year, oh, Jones is surrounding himself with, with talent. Well, it sure as hell hasn't worked out, has it? Because they're 4-9. and nine. And then again, the other thing is, Jones can't stay in the damn football field. He doesn't do anything when he's on the field, and he sure as hell can't do anything when he's off the field. So, there's your consistency right there, as far as I'm concerned. Can't stay in the field, and and heck, now he's got a neck injury. Well, oh well at this point. It's time to move on from him. Now, I don't, you know, again, is Russell Wilson the answer? Yeah, he might change the culture of the franchise. Maybe you give up a first-round pick this year, maybe a future one in a year or two. Is he going to lead you to a Super Bowl? Probably not. But on the other hand, too, is he going to change the culture of the franchise? He's a winner. The answer is yes. Is it worth a number five pick, a number four pick, number six pick, whatever it's going to be in that range? Well, I mean, quite frankly, at this point, maybe they just go out and draft the kid from Ole Miss at quarterback and they they draft an offensive lineman or they draft a, an edge defensive guy to try to improve this team. You know, they got a lot of holes. We know that. It's not all on Daniel Jones, but again, don't sit there like a fool and tell me that he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Because you look around the league right now and tell me tell me who he's better than. Tell me who's better than actually right now. Never mind who he's not better than. Who is he better than right now? That has an actual, you know, relevant quarterback. I'm not talking about Houston, you know, and, and Jared Goff. I mean, my God, look at him on the Lions. 
What a what a what a joke and a half that is. He's making all this money, and look what that's ended up being. That franchise is screwed for the next how many years because they're stuck with him. He's making so much money, you can't cut him. You're gonna have like forty, fifty million dollars in dead money. You can't do that if you're a franchise. You're stuck with him at quarterback now for the next few years. But realistically, who is he better than? I mean, is he better than Tua, Daniel Jones? No, he's not. I mean, again, who is he better than? I'm not even counting the Jets, because Zach Wilson's a rookie, and he hasn't played much. So I'm not even counting that at this stage. But find me, you know, find me seven or eight guys he's better than at this point that's an an actual starting quarterback. Is he better than Taylor Heineke? Taylor Heineke's played better than he has this year. We've seen that with Washington. Washington actually has a chance to make the playoffs. And this is a guy that was, what, packing groceries a a year or two ago? Or whatever he was doing? Rental cars? I don't know what the heck he was doing. But he wasn't on the football field. But he sure as hell has given Washington a chance to win mostly every week. And that's what I mean. It's the Giants, you know, the Giants have supposedly all this talent surrounding Jones and it's blown up in their face. So Giant fans don't want a free medium Pepsi. They want a change to the culture of this franchise. You get a new GM, it seems like the head coach is sticking around. Well, whatever. And what are they going to do with quarterback? Well, to me, that's an easy answer. You got to move on from Jones. You want to get a fill-in guy for a year next year, and you get another top five pick, number six pick, whatever, so be it. But they got they got to they got to turn this car around at this point and start heading in in the opposite direction. Because how how much further in the depths of hell is this team going to sink down to? It doesn't it does it just doesn't end. And then this is the clincher right here with a stupid Pepsi. Who the hell cares? Give him a give, give the Giant fans a gift card. Or actually, I got a better idea. How about you discount the friggin' tickets a little bit? Because Giant fans are getting reamed with the prices that they got to pay to go watch this team every friggin' year. How about that? How about you drop the ticket prices down a little bit? That's what Giant fans will be appreciative of. Because I got to watch this godforsaken... Crap, every stinking year. How about do that instead? That'll make Giant fans happy. That they'll have more money in their pocket. So they could go buy some more beer and drown in their friggin' sorrows watching this goddamn team every friggin' year. That's what they want. And what if you don't drink Pepsi? What if you don't drink soda? What, are they going to tell you you can't get a water? I mean, come on. That's all that's all utter non, uh, nonsense at this point. Just totally dumb. And speaking of dumb, although I got to say that I'll give the owner credit because they finally pulled the plug on that experiment, but Urban Meyer got his walking papers the other day. Should have never been hired by the the Jaguars, but it seems like you know, they they finally had enough. And how would you feel, you know, if you're the owner of the Jaguars now, having to pay out money to Urban Meyer in the next four years? Although there's a story out this morning now circulating that 
Apparently, the Jaguars don't want to pay him. Well, good luck in court with that because they're going to come to some sort of settlement. Just like that Gruden came to a settlement with the Raiders for his nonsense that went down earlier in the year. But the Jaguars, I mean, again, and Trevor Lawrence. Okay, yeah, he's had a bad year this year. But would you take him in a heartbeat over Daniel Jones right now? The answer is yes, 100 out of 100 times. Done. End of story. I'm taking Lawrence over Daniel Jones. Now, there's no guarantee he's going to work out. You know, Peyton Manning had a horrible first year with Indianapolis his rookie year. Troy Aikman, another Hall of Famer, had a horrible year his first year with Dallas years and years ago. So no, there is there are no guarantees. But I'll take the upside of Lawrence over the whatever of, of Jones any day of the week. Now, Jacksonville clearly needs to go out and get a head coach that's offensive-minded. And it seems like Doug Peterson right now is the, the favorite to become the head coach of the Jaguars. And quite frankly, if they went to go get him, and I know Philadelphia fans you know, had a love-hate relationship with Peterson, but Peterson is an offensive-minded head coach. And I think, quite frankly, if you went out and go, 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 if you went to get him, hey, I think it's a good idea. So I would go get him if you're if you're the Jaguars and you're gonna and I don't know I don't know how much money he's gonna ask for from the ownership, but I mean that's a guy that you would think would be able to uh, get the best out of Trevor Lawrence's talent. And, and turn that franchise around. Because clearly right now, things can't get any worse for them. You know, we've seen what's happened this whole season with Meyer. With all the controversy, it seems like week after week. With all these things that have come out. So, again, we'll see what Jacksonville ultimately does as far as a permanent head coach. But they had to do what they had to do and get rid of Urban Meyer. And they did so. Now, a couple of other things about the NFL... You know, the Thursday night game, which I briefly touched upon, Mahomes and and Herbert were, I mean, again, to see these two get the opportunity to play each other for the next decade or so is going to be one hell of a fun ride because those two are really good. We know what Mahomes is, but Herbert is really good. And sit there and tell me for one second you think Daniel Jones gets to 50% of either of those guys. That's why as a Giants fan, you just say, eh, you know, time to move on from Jones. Because you see what these quarterbacks can do in Kansas City and L.A., and you say to yourself, man, oh man, do I wish we had one of those guys. You know, Kansas City right now, like it or not, they're the favorite in the AFC. It's not New England. It's not Baltimore. It's not Tennessee. It's not any of these other teams. It's Kansas City. The birth for the Super Bowl in the AFC still goes through Kansas City, like it or not. And when you got Mahomes now playing at the level he's playing at, and obviously that offense, which is now clicking, good luck beating that team in the playoffs. And that doesn't and it doesn't matter in my eyes if they're at home or on the road. I mean, you would think they're going to get a top one or two seed in the AFC right now. You know, they're more than likely going to win out. 
Unless the last game of the year, for example, doesn't mean anything. But the point is that they're going to be a number one or number two seed and be the favorite in the in, in the conference, for sure. No doubt about it. You know, New England, hey, they've had a nice run. They got a tough game tonight against the Colts. But with that being said, I mean, again, I'm putting my money and my chips in in the middle of the table with with Mahomes and company right now. Whatever the odds are for them to get to the Super Bowl, take it at this point. You probably should have taken it about six, seven weeks ago when they were probably about 11 or 12 to 1 to get to the to the Super Bowl. Now they're probably 3 to 1 or 4 to 1, if even that. But that was a heck of a football game the other night against the Chargers. And you got to feel bad for the Chargers because they should have won. I know they went for two a couple. Uh, they went for, uh, went for it on fourth down a couple of times and they failed. Ultimately, that cost them the game. You know, 2020 hindsight, whatever you want to call it. You know, but against Kansas City, you got to win. You got to defeat them by scoring touchdowns. You can't defeat them by kicking field goals. So, I mean, you give the head coach credit for being aggressive and trying to stick it to Kansas City by scoring touchdowns. I get all that. It ended up costing them the game the other night because there were missed points, obviously. And, you know, it is what it is. But LA's a dangerous team, though. If they're healthy, you know, they can they can compete with anybody. You know, they did win in Kansas City earlier in the year. Now, granted, Kansas City wasn't the same team at that point in time. But LA right now is a dangerous team. Herbert's a real, real good quarterback. They got a couple of real good wide receivers. I mean, their biggest problem is is basically defending the run. But if they could do that, you know, the offense is going to score points. No doubt about it. Look what they've done in some of these games this year. I mean, the game in Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, the Giants, which who cares? The Giants stink. But they've scored enough points to win, quite frankly, in both games against Kansas City. So they've they've got themselves a shot to be a dark horse in the in the playoffs. They just gotta get there, of course. But I think they will. They'll get they'll get in the playoffs. The one other game that I, I want to briefly touch upon from last week is that is that Bucks Bills game. You know, and Buffalo is such a weird team this year. You know, they as I said earlier, they snuck up on everybody last year. Made it to the conference championship. Lost to Kansas City. You know, they, again, they got hosed in that game by the referees the other day. They got hosed. Totally hosed. And right now, you know, again, they're going to make the playoffs, though, Buffalo. One way or another, they're going to get in. Probably with 10 wins. 11 might be a stretch because they got to beat New England in New England. But they got three home games. Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets. Buffalo's going to get in the playoffs right now, the way things are situated. But that that game the other night was annoying because Diggs got clearly interfered in the end zone. There were a couple of other plays that, you know, overtime as an example, Buffalo gets called for a phantom pass interference. And then you read the stories about Buffalo fans made donations to uh, visually impaired organizations, I guess, something like that. I, you know, their fan base is unbelievable. I mean, in a good way, though. But, man, oh, man, 
you know, you feel bad for Buffalo because they were down 24 to 3. They came back, they had a shot to win, and ultimately they lose in overtime to Tampa Bay. But I still think Buffalo, I'm, I'm still a believer in them. You know, Josh Allen's your quarterback. I know he has a foot injury right now, he might be banged up. But granted, you know, Buffalo's going to get in the playoffs, win three of the last four, and they'll be a playoff team in the AFC one way or another. They're not going to win the division, but they will get in towards the bottom of the of the AFC playoff picture. And also, what is going on with, with the NFL with all this COVID nonsense? All these players are testing positive for COVID. And, you know, at the beginning of the year or before the beginning of the year started, Goodell, Goodell said that they would not postpone games to a later date. And that there'd be forfeitures if if the situation cropped up. Well, look what's happened. You had an, uh, an outburst of, of COVID cases. And now three games in week 15 have been moved. And potentially Philadelphia, as an example, may have to play three games in 13 days. So, of course, you know, the NFL... Says one thing and does another. Well, where have we heard that before? They've never done that before, the NFL. You know, I'm not saying... I mean, it's is it a good look if you forfeit games? No. I mean, is it going to make the world a difference to move the game back a day or two or three? I mean, probably not. But you're basically screwing a team that had no involvement in this COVID craziness. I mean, as an example, Philadelphia. You know, Washington's missing their top two quarterbacks right now. And they moved the game now to Tuesday. And Philadelphia's saying, hey, you know, we had nothing to do with this. Why are you moving the game back? Now we got to play Tuesday. We got to play on, and then on Sunday, they got to play the next game. And they're saying, well, we had nothing to do with this, so why are you screwing, our, screwing us? And, and they're right. But unfortunately, in this day and age, with you know, with COVID now, it's it's still around and it's not going anywhere, and it's certainly prevalent. I mean, I don't want to see games get forfeited. That I mean, that's kind of crazy. But if the NFL said that at the beginning of the year, then follow through with it now, or just have the team. If as long as they got an, enough viable players out there to play, have them go out there and play. I mean, hey, unfortunately, it's survival of the, of the of, not even survival of the fittest. It's survival of the luckiest right now when it comes to COVID, and that goes in any of these sports. I mean, in the NHL, you got three teams that are, that have games postponed now through Christmas. The NBA has canceled a couple of games for the Bulls. Because they have an outbreak. The Nets have been playing with, you know, eight, nine guys now for a bit. And I'll get to them in a couple of minutes because there's obviously news about them. But, you know, again, if the NFL is going to sit there and say that before the beginning of the season that four fixtures are on the table, then that's what it should be. Don't friggin' go against your, go back on your word. But this is what the NFL does. 
So, I mean, you know, again, if you're not a team involved in this, you should be upset. And and Philly, Philly has every right to be upset as far as I'm concerned. So, we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, you got the Cleveland-Vegas game postponed from today to Monday. You got Washington and Philadelphia postponed to Tuesday. And the Seattle game now is postponed to Tuesday also. So, you know, again... We'll see how it plays out. I mean, if you're an NFL fan, you're happy because you get to see games now on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday. So you got games basically every day to enjoy. But right now, it's not an enjoyable thing, you know, seeing all this craziness with COVID in basically every sport that's ongoing right now. So hopefully... This is the worst of it. I, uh, the way things are looking, it's probably have not seen the worst of it yet in the sports world. So, just going to have to, uh, you know, unfortunately, plug along and 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 see what happens. But you would imagine you're going to see some more games postponed in the in the major sports, and hopefully, they could get through it. Now, as far as the NBA goes. I'm not going to really touch too much on the Knicks because the biggest stories are, are really with the Nets in Brooklyn right now. Obviously, the news about Kyrie Irving returning potentially next week to the Nets and and playing road games only because of obviously the vaccine mandate situation in New York. But right now, if you're the Nets, you're already number one in the Eastern Conference. And, and FYI, for the people out there that think Steph Curry is the MVP right now, I disagree. You know, all the hype about Steph Curry with the three-point record and this and that. I know the Warriors are missing Klay Thompson and Wiseman. I know they're missing these guys. But for me, I mean, and it's only 30 games into the season, so I don't want to go nuts about the stupid MVP stuff, but... If I had to pick somebody right now for MVP, it'd be Kevin Durant, who right now is the best player in basketball. I don't want to hear no crap about LeBron or Jokic, anything like that, or Curry. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's the MVP. I know he has James Harden, and he's going to have Kyrie in road for road games. But Kevin Durant has put this team on his back. I mean, and in the, they're number one in the East. And I know Steph Curry and and the Warriors are number one in the West, but they got Phoenix right on their tail. Utah's a really good team. But right now in the East, the Nets are far and away the best team. And that's without Kyrie. And now they're going to get him back. And I think this is the right thing to do if if you're the Nets. Because, you know, I know cohesion and continuity and all that plays a part on, on teams, yes. But... With the Nets being shorthanded like they have been right now with all the COVID craziness, you know, you got to get Kyrie on the court. And I think, you know, again, you bring him back, he plays road games, which would be about 23 to 25 road games or so. He gets his feet wet, he gets back on the court. You take a little bit of a load off of Durant and off of Harden, and, and you take it. And you take it from there. 
So the net the Nets right now, again, far and away they're the best team in the East. And now they're gonna get, you know, a potential another Hall of Famer basically back in the lineup in Kyrie. So the Nets are in real good shape. And you know, I mean it go you go across to Manhattan and talking about the Knicks, I mean, hey, we, we we know what the Knicks are right now. They're a middling a middle of the road team at best. You're paying way too much money to a guy that's a not a number one player in in Randall. The Fournier contract stinks. Kemba Walker contract stinks. You know they they went with the same unit as they went last year, and now what you've seen is the offense continues to struggle. Because you get no consistency besides Randall, and even Randall's been inconsistent. Because you don't have a number two guy in this team. You know, Randall's, uh, uh, RJ Barrett's a number three guy at best. And you have nobody else who could put the ball in the bucket consistently enough. And then you combine that with the fact that the defense has taken a big step back this year, and that's why the team is under 500. They can't win at home. They're five and ten. So at the end of the day, the Knicks are what they are. They may not make the playoffs this year, which will be a massive disappointment considering the expectations of this team coming into the season. You know, but maybe we all got too excited and our hopes up too much about this franchise coming into the season based off what we saw last year. When they were 41 and 31, a four seed in the East, but they got exposed in the playoffs. And that's begun the tailspin with this franchise. Because since then, you know, the Knicks have not been a good team. I mean, 13 and 16 right now. They lost four out of five in the playoffs to the Hawks. You know, so realistically, they're what, 14 and 20. In their last 34 games, counting that playoff series and this regular season. And that's a terrible basketball team then. So the Knicks got a load of work to do. And again, what are they going to wind up doing? Who the heck knows? But right now they're stuck. And they're going to, and now are they going to make, they're going to just go running out and try to get Lillard if he wants to be traded or, or whatever the case may be. You're going to have to give up most of your young talent to get them. You got to give up Barrett. You got to give up Toppin. You could probably have to give up quickly. You know, and the Knicks willing to do that at this stage? I don't know. But right now, it's crystal clear, and we all know it. Randall's not a number one guy, and RJ Barrett's not a number two guy. You know, put them up against the Nets right now, and it's a joke what's going on. But the Nets, hey, again, they've got themselves one heck of a situation right now. And Kyrie's going to come back and play road games for them. This team's going to win the East by seven or eight games. And cruise to the number one seed. Now, whether they win a championship or not, that remains to be seen. You know, the Warriors in the West... I mean, they're going to get Clay back and don't expect Clay Thompson to be, you know, what he was, playing 35 minutes a night and scoring, you know, at will. You know, he's going to have to obviously gradually get back. He's missed two full seasons because of the Achilles injury and the knee injury. 
But, you know, don't overlook Phoenix and don't overlook Utah. You know, and the, the Hollywood Fakers last night, they lost Anthony Davis again to another injury. You know, they just seem to be, they can't get out of their own way. They're 16 and 14 right now, the Hollywood Fakers. They, again, are they going to be relevant in April or May? I don't know. I mean, you don't, you really don't want to face them in the playoffs, ideally, if they're fully healthy. You know, there's rumors that Russell Westbrook's going to be on the block. He's going to get traded. I find that hard to believe. Unless you're going out and trading, you know, for Lillard, then that's, you know, maybe that happens. Because you got to trade, you know, based off a of salary. You can't trade a $40 million player for a $1 million player. So, so we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, right now the West, to me, seems like Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah. And the East, it's the Nets and everybody else. But with about 50 games to go, roughly, if he keeps up what he's doing right now, I I would give the MVP to Durant over Curry. And Curry, as I said, he's gotten all this hype because of the three-point record, which, hey, you know, he's a transformative player. He's transcended the game with the three-point shot, obviously. You know, and the three-point shot before he came in the league was, was relevant, very relevant. But now, it's taken on a whole different level. You know, as a Knicks fan, you get annoyed, you know, the other night when you see Spike Lee uh, trying to take a picture of Curry after the game, sitting on the court, trying to get the best picture possible. You know, I mean, give me a break, Spike. You know, and it's like, this is all you see. All you see is these great players do stuff against the Knicks. Kobe did it. Obviously, Curry did it. I mean, we've been seeing this for for years and years. Reggie Miller. This is all you see. LeBron. This is all you see. They stick it to the Knicks. Why can't we start sticking it to them? When the heck is that going to happen? So it's annoying as heck to be a Knicks fan right now. Because obviously you see Brooklyn doing what they're doing. and, And the Knicks are just chugging along as an under 500 team. And unfortunately, it's probably going to remain that way. I mean, it's it's if they're going to be a lottery team, again, it's not what you would have expected coming into this season. I'm not saying the Knicks were going to be competing for the Eastern Conference Championship. But I did not expect to have to sit there and struggle to hit the over on the Knicks number, which was like 41 or 41 and a half. I did not expect that to be the case. But right now, that's going to be a challenge for the Knicks to even get to 500. Because the East is really good, as you could see. And right now, if you're a Knicks fan, you look across in Brooklyn and see what the Nets are doing. You just shake your head. And you say to yourself, what could have been? So... We'll see how it plays out. So I will be back tomorrow to discuss the the NFL picks for week number 15. I'm going to stay away from the game tonight between the Patriots and the Colts, although I'm leaning towards Indianapolis. But I do like the, the Colts tonight. 
given the two and a half against New England, I think, uh, you know, this is a desperate game for the Colts. They need to have this game. You know, Carson Wentz has been really good lately. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's been elite. It's going to come down to basically what the Colts offense does. You know, they have a good secondary, the Colts, but, you know, so Mac Jones, I mean, we'll see how he does tonight, but, you know, do you have more confidence in Mac Jones tonight or do you have more confidence in Carson Wentz? That's a good question. But I I would say right now, if I had to pick the game, I, I would pick the Colts and take the two and a half against the Patriots. So I think the Colts are, are the team that needs this game more. And I would say that uh, they will find a way to win by three or four points against the Patriots tonight in Indianapolis. But as for the games tomorrow, I will be back on tomorrow to give my picks for week number 15 in the NFL as we get down towards the end of the regular season. Hopefully there's no more COVID issues between today and tomorrow and we can get uh, these games in. So everybody enjoy the game tonight. A good one, as I said, between the Patriots and the Colts. And I'll be back tomorrow to give you my picks for week number 15 in the NFL. And I will speak to you then.